rotten motherfucker. Hello, friends. Welcome to Mostly Harmless. I'm your host, David Damien. Welcome to a very special episode of Mostly Harmless. This week, we are sitting down. We are chatting with my friend and artist extraordinaire, Fonda Elizabeth, about her new upcoming calendar, Craft Beer Nerds Only, The COVID Times. We're going to chat with Fonda about her artistic journey and how she took the lemons she received from 2020 and turned it into art a little bit of help from her friends. This is a calendar not just for the craft beer nerds and the people working behind the counter. This is for anybody who's ever worked in the service industry and had people ask the dumbest questions alive. If you've ever worked service industry, this is a calendar that you're gonna instantly get. Uh, one of the things I loved about Fonda this year is it's been a crazy year and I really wanted to know how she could use her art to make the world less scary. So that's what we're gonna talk about in today's episode. If you like what you hear, on this new Mostly Harmless 2.0, where not everything is a band, not everything is music related, please hit that subscribe button right here on YouTube, buddies. Uh, subscribe to YouTube. We're also on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes. That's the best, easiest, freest way to support us. If not, check us out on Patreon. Throw us a dollar. I promise to only spend that dollar on beer. I've rambled way too much. So let's just go ahead and start this episode and start this chat with my dear friend, Fonda. Hey! Hey, Fonda. How the hell are you? I'm awesome. How are you? I'm doing good. Thanks for chatting with me on your day off today. My pleasure. Uh, How many days off do you get nowadays? Three days from the bar. One day for chilling, watching movies, resting, and then like two days for creative crap. Do you actually get downtime? Because I know like with my projects, I'm literally, when I'm not doing them, I'm always thinking about them. Yeah, it's pretty grueling. It's like one of those things where... And I feel like it got amplified during the pandemic where it's, this pandemic where it's like, I am no good if I'm making, not making something or whatever. And there's like a lot of guilt about resting. But honestly, like at this point, I'm like, I am a much nicer person if I give myself some time to like turn off the social media and just be a person. So yeah. it's tough, but I feel like now that everything is kind of on a smaller scale, I have more time to be able to make art. So that's good. It's, it's, been a, it's been an interesting year for finding creative outlets for everything. So today I just want to hang out and I want to have like a nice informal chat with you about your upcoming calendar, Beer Nerds Only COVID edition. The uh, COVID be- times, yeah. Yeah, COVID times. My apologies. Yeah. Uh, before we get into that though, like I'm sure a lot of people like myself, like I've known you from years from behind the bar at uh, what, True, River North, Prost. Yeah. I don't. You're my friend. I've, I've known you a while. We've been acquainted, but I don't really know anything about you. So I just really wanted to know, like, how did you end up in Denver? How did you come here? Because you're not a native, right? No, but I, I kind of practically am. Um, my mom and dad moved here from Massachusetts in 1999. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm from the 90s. Uh, born in the 80s, but from the 90s. So yeah, we moved out here uh, and then I kind of did like a little back and forth stuff where I lived in Vermont for a little bit and then finally came out here in 2001. This place was completely different back then. I just remember my first weekend in Denver. I wanted to go to the art museum because I'm an artist and I was like, I need to go. And I took my dad's car and I drove down to Spear Boulevard and I took a, got a parking spot right? Remember where Watercourse used to be, but it's Studio City now? Oh, yeah. That street was completely, every parking spot was completely open. There wasn't a single car on the road. And I 
wheeled into my little spot, put the money in the, the meter and went down to the art museum. I was like, this place is a dead zone. Now you can't find parking. So, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. these days it's kind of a dystopian thing going on. Um, but either way, yeah, like that was 20 years ago. At this point, I feel like I'm a Coloradan because I, I yeah. moved here when I was 17. Have you always been an artist even before you got here? Yes. How, do you remember the first, how you started on this track of creating and drawing? I was a kid. I... Uh, my mom, so I, I grew up in like a really active Catholic family and my mom was in choir practice and I was in the kids choir and I was in the adult choir. But before I started singing in the adult choir, I'd go with my mom to choir practice and draw in the back with the organ player and choir director's daughter. And her and I would sit back there and draw. And I would do copies of Disney characters, Super Mario, um, Super Mario was like just about to be like N64. So that's when everything got, instead of 8-bit, it got 3D. And so I drew a lot of pretty much exact replicas of that stuff. And then after that, I was getting a lot of attention because people thought, wow, you know, you're really talented. Like you can just copy this stuff. I started doing like National Geographic covers. I think like every art student probably did the King Tut head. And that was, you know, all the way through school. The time that I went to Catholic school was a little dark <laughs> for, well, you know, um, but <laughs> they didn't have art programs really. So any artistic stuff from first to third grade was just like a holiday present thing with your hand for like a turkey or whatever the heck that was. But my mom would get me... Um, she'd get me into like art classes outside of school. So I started with some pottery and I wasn't really that into it. And I'm still not that into it. Although I love to buy pottery because I don't make it. But yeah, I started doing art classes, art books, museum books. I just kind of, I don't know, I got really into it. I was really into like kind of scared of Frida Kahlo. I, I had ballet classes and there was this gallery that I grew up in Massachusetts, but it was like a Southwestern art gallery. And of course, like in the nineties, everything was super Southwestern. I remember just seeing the picture of the two Fridas with like the blood flowing and the scissors and the drips on the dress and was like, couldn't stop looking at it. And I had that similar experience with the Klaus Oldenburg piece in New York when I was a kid. And it was like a hot water bottle, but it was really flaccid and like, just looked like uncomfortable. And I was just like obsessed with this uncomfortable art. And of course, you know, my stuff, a lot of it's pretty lighthearted, but I would say some of it's a little bit darker. And so, you know, I think there's just like that obsession. Like I can't look away from this thing. So I don't know. Nice. Did that answer? <laughs> yeah, that's, 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 that's real great. Like, um, and again, like I've, I've sat across from you at the bar as you've poured me uh, delicious beverages, but I, and I admired your work, but I had no idea like where you come from or where all this. Yeah. I, uh, I, I went to CU Boulder my first year of college here um, in 2000 and I was in the theater department. I did theater and art at all through high school and I was convinced I wanted to do some kind of Shakespearean acting, something, something, something. I was pretty into that. And then by the time I got into college, I was really active in high school. But by the time I got to college, I was like, oh my God, all these people are complete and total narcissists. And I don't want to go to LA and I don't want to do anybody's, anybody else's vision except for my own. So I would go to class and work on my theater degree and come home and 
paint and draw stuff. And then I was still in love with an ex-boyfriend on the East Coast and I mm. went home, home for like a year or two and partied, but really made art the whole time. I lived in Vermont. You know, when I came back here, I was like, it's, it's time to go to school. So I started out, well, I was accepted to smart schools on the East Coast, but I couldn't find housing. And then I ended up moving back here and I got accepted to RIMCAD and started with an illustration degree, which I think really like informs the calendar stuff and like the beer nerds only stuff. Cause like really what I'm, I'm illustrating like real things that happened at the bar. Yeah. Um, these are all literal things people have said. So it is a lot of illustration work. I didn't like the teachers and the department. So I quit school for like two years and then I um, got into Metro State and I cool. loved it. I just did painting and it was, it set everything off from there. Yeah. So, and here well, we are. I know you, of course, from the beer world. How did you get into the beer world? Oh, great question. Um, <laughs> I started out in fine dining a long time ago. Uh, I was really into wine. I wanted to get my sommelier. I was, you know, cause wine and art, you know? And um, then I got kind of poached out of there by my sushi job that I worked at. I was a bar manager um, and did like cocktail mixology and wine menu for the sushi bar for a couple years. And then finally I was living in the Highlands, like 44th and federal area. And I knew that there was a craft beer bar opening right near my house and I really wanted to work there. So I was plugging for it and I kind of, my ex, I, he knew, he worked for the same company, like Larimer Associates. They owned a bunch of different restaurants. And so I got my foot in the door for an interview for that. And that's kind of where it started. When I left there after a few years, I went to Hops and Pie. And Hops and Pie was, I mean, it's like, that's your golden ticket. If you want to be in the beer industry, get a job at Hops and Pie for a couple of months. And people are like, okay, like we're going to hire you. And rightfully so, because they're awesome and they have a really high standard of service and quality of everything. So, you know, if you work there, you can pretty much work anywhere. That's how it started. Yeah. And then how did the two come to intersect? How did you decide to start making art about your beer work? Oh, um, well, okay. So I started showing my regular art, like my college bread themed thesis art at bars and restaurants. And then it started, breweries started hitting me up, you know, to hang some artwork up. I think River North was like one of the first breweries that hit me up. I was definitely showing at Local 46 on the regular. And then I worked at Mead Street Station too for a minute and they always had a monthly artist showcase. So like between those places and then like once I I got a show at Call to Arms, I was like, I kind of want to do this like weird thing. And I know it's going to be like completely out of my normal like fine art oil painting set. I want to get, <laughs> this is going to sound terrible. I, I want to get drunk every day <laughs> and draw something that somebody told me to draw at the bar. So this is when I was working at True and I wasn't getting drunk at True doing it, but I was like, okay guys, what should I draw? My old work was all about birds. It was birds, everything. So I was like, okay, what should I have a bird doing? And so people would just, I had this long list of like the most absurd crap. And I was like, I don't know how I'm going to string this together, but I'm going to do a drawing a day and it's going to be watercolor illustration style drawn almost so badly like intentionally bad 
and we're gonna kind of take these little vignettes and I was even like struggling with it because I was like this still does not make any sense and then as soon as I put a drink in every bird's hand it all made sense like it was like well they're drunk <laughs> so like that's the problem here like everybody's really drunk and so that show I had my other fine art up with it which I think is really funny because it was like unnecessary these tiny little they were like this big illustrations of birds getting drunk. I just called it drunk birds and people were like head over heels for it. And I was like, okay, this is the dumbest crowdsourced information. I made sure I had a couple drinks in me every time I did the drawing. I ended up with some like seasonal depression at the end of, I did it through the month of January. <laughs> so I drank heavily through January. And by the end I was like, oh my God, I can't. I've got to stop drinking for a little while. But people are really into it. So after that, Call to Arms wanted me to hang art again. And I was like, I got to come up with something. So I don't know. I think it was like the combination of these drunk birds. And then I was just like, oh, it was the GABF. Everybody was so just pissed because like people were, you know, they're belligerent. Like it's like a three day weekend of just binge drinking. So people say really stupid stuff. And we were all, I was like, guys, this is it. I sent out a text to all my people, my community, shout out to y'all. And uh, they <laughs> sent me every dumb thing that somebody said for the weekend. And I had a, a show ready to go by the beginning of the next year in like February. That's three years ago. <laughs> so, yeah. <here> we are. <laughs> so what is it like to bring these two worlds together? The, uh, the world of the art and then your day quote unquote day job of making beer it, like it, it seems like such a natural idea but at the end of the day when you're at home working on this stuff does it feel like you're still at work at the bar yeah I kind of feel like at this point it's a little bit more of like a public service to my comrades in arms because they look forward to it so much and I think now at this point I'm really just like doing this for them because it's like a release from the tension and pressure that us service people deal with. Yeah. And there's people that buy this that aren't just in the industry that really like it, but it, it's like kind of like our one, my one little chance to be like, hey guys, like sometimes people say stupid stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and we have to just sit here and take it. <laughs> so yeah, um, that, that's, that's, you know, it's like a cathartic like thing, you know? Yeah. No, and I love that. Uh, I was a bartender at Illegal Pete's for some time. I've worked in music venues as a bartender. I And just working at Illegal Pete's in service, just in service and retail, period, you get some of the dumbest questions. And so even though I haven't worked necessarily in the craft beer scene, when I look at your stuff, I immediately get it. I immediately get that like, oh, you <laughs> yeah and everybody does like when they see it they read it they chuckle a little bit and they're like oh, dealt with yeah. that guy yeah. <laughs> so it's like okay <laughs> so in, so in a sense that your art is also kind of teaching people not to be assholes too right hopefully it would be awesome if we yeah. like got a little like schooling on this i don't know i'm not sure <laughs> yeah so you're you're still actively out there working, serving. You just you were just telling us a little earlier uh, your schedule for this week. Do not stalk Fonda, but um, <laughs> it's bound to happen. But yeah. at least I haven't had any um, trolls or shade or unhappy. Like you know, with COVID taking so long to get this production out, like I haven't had anybody be um, 
like impatient or rude. So yeah. I'm pretty lucky. And I think also we kind of had this conversation because it was taking so long. I've been telling a lot of friends, like, I'm freaking out. Like, what do I do? And it's also about like satire about beer and a, it's an adult themed thing. So like if this calendar does not make it underneath your tree from Santa, it's not ruining an eight-year-old's Christmas. This is for adults. It's satire. It's about customer service a little bit. And so it just, besides beer, but it's just kind of like, you can't really be a jerk about this, can you? Like, it's, it's, a, it's a calendar about people being jerks. <laughs> so when you have a rough day at work, does it help you to know that you're gonna, you can go home and channel your rough day and do something snarky and fun for others to enjoy? Uh, I don't know if it like directly, like it's like, oh, this, like it's when somebody says something that's just particularly like funny or even like absurd or ironic, I can chuckle and be like, oh yes, I'm, I'm doing this right. You know, some days like, I, I don't want to like put my whole uh, other mission in here, but I will say that like we all struggle with some mental health issues because of some of this. And so I think that we kind of, I take it home sometimes and don't feel good for like a day or two. And it's just because I lose a little faith in humanity each time a day's worth of crap piles up. And, you know, we're dealing with so many rules these days. And I think that like having to kind of constantly like herd the cats and like make them follow the rules and that can get pretty tiring so like I, I can't take that energy and be like I can make a drawing about it like it's it's more like I'm really sad <laughs> humanity sucks um but you know then you have a day where it's like everybody's super fun and that's what it should be is it's like we are we are serving you fun so let's have fun that's what I want out of all of it <laughs> winter weather is here how are things now uh interesting it's definitely a lot less uh, regulars and friends and it's more tourists, which is funny because I grew up in a tourist town and I waited on people there when I was like 17, 18 and just tourist towns in general can be kind of tough because people are sort of expecting to have a perfect vacation, but for cheap and there's no consequences because I don't live here and I don't have to do the way you guys want to do it because I'm not from around here. And it's like, okay, <laughs> like that doesn't mean you get a free, like get out of jail free card for being a jerk. Like, I mean, come on. So that's, that's where we're kind of at now. Like I, I, I like it when people complain about the cold. Cause I'm like, I'm sorry. Let me turn the weather up for you. Like what am I supposed to do? You're really being like a pain about this. <laughs> that's something. Yeah. Everybody's got to eat outside, by the way, if nobody knows that yet, you have to eat outside. Where to go. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like how is it that hard to comprehend man, yeah. <laughs> man yeah, so. people really want to see themselves like so incredibly bad and it, and they almost always and this is before the pandemic people always pe beeline for the dirty table like dirty glasses no problem i mean we're in a pandemic like i get like 2019 you sat at a table with dirty glasses i might have been like okay yeah <laughs> Not sure why you picked that one out of the eight others that are around it that are perfectly clean. Oh, man. Um, but <laughs> it's like 
people, I don't even know, like people gravitate to the weirdest stuff. Like that, that's where you want to sit. Oh, okay. All right. I don't know why it must be the best table because it's got glasses on it. <laughs> I wish I, I, I wish I knew then we could, bot we could figure it out and then we could treat it <laughs> with yeah. some kind of, yeah, we need treatment. <laughs> um, so I, I don't want to keep you too long on your day off. Man, this oh, is wonderful I'm already. Fun, though. I'm I am too. This is great. I love the cartoons in this year's edition. What, what's your favorite cartoon that's going to make it in the calendar this year? Oh, my favorite in the calendar this year. Um, well, there's one of two aliens. I am an alien enthusiast. I'm a UFO enthusiast. And I... Uh, have a, it's going to be January, so it must be my favorite because I put it right at the top. I, I figured also, too, it was the most relevant for January because uh, a couple of UFO spaceships are coming down, uh, about to beam some lights over the White House, not sure what they're going to do. Yeah. Uh, it's on the TV in the background, and the aliens are at the bar, and they're just looking for pumpkin beer. So, and, and the one alien's kind of telling the other one, like, hey, um, oh, boy, okay, okay. So yeah. Oh, thank God. <laughs> what, what are some of the more asinine things that have happened that you just couldn't figure out how to get into the calendar? The last two years used to be a lot more about beer styles specifically. Like, oh, like I hate, um, you know, I like the one in the calendar this year is like, I hate uh, stouts, but I love porters. Do you have anything on nitro? Stouts and porters. And if you get into semantics with a brewer, they're totally different. But honestly, like, look it up on Google. They're interchangeable. Like, it's not really that definitive. Yes, a porter's a little more roasty, like, whatever. Um, but, like, or people being like, I like uh, lagers and ales. Do you have anything like that? That was, like, from the first year. And lagers and ales are literally every beer. Every beer falls under these two giant umbrellas of either a lager or an ale. That's how you make beer. <laughs> it's the making of the beer, the process that's called a lager or an ale. People don't know that. They think ale means amber beer, and they, which is close. It's true, but there's amber lagers. So we have an, you know, a little bit of a situation there. Um, and then like this year, it was just like the mask and the rules and the distancing. Like, so there's a lot of mask jokes. Can I get a straw for my beer? I. Uh, don't feel safe drinking out of a glass and like the pigeons got the mask like nose out <laughs> and there's a dumpster fire happening in the background and like that 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 kind of stuff like the paranoia but then like the illogical stuff yeah it was really hard to source good information just about like beer styles because I kind of feel like this year beer sort of lost Yes, we are all buying it and we're all still drinking it. It sort of lost its glamorous appeal. Like somehow, unless you're just, a, we have like joke names for guys, Haze Bros. I've got one, I call them Stouty Boys. You know, the, the smoothie cereal chasers, you know, like these people are like, that's it. There's, there's like that one tiny little group of people. And then everybody else is like, beer? Yeah, okay, I'll have one. So, um, it lost its like the collectability of it. It's like I'm no longer collecting that I've had every brewery in Colorado. I'm just drinking every day, starting before noon. Like, and it don't matter what it is. Yeah, that's, <laughs> uh, I'm on a diet, with the exception of I'm still drinking, and I'm like, why am I not losing any weight? Oh, it's all the excess calories. Yes, it is. I know. I so I changed my diet too this year. I am. 
now gluten-free. Oh. So I actually don't drink beer like I used to. I'm a seltzer drinker and y'all have to just get over that. Um, but honestly, like the month that I took off while I had COVID last month and I didn't drink the whole Wait. month, I was looking good. Uh, and I then, didn't know, I didn't know you had COVID. Oh yeah. Yeah. How did you get it? Any idea? No clue. Uh, I, there was one gal that I worked with, but tracing the amount of time that we had seen each other in the time sure. frame, it must've, it could have been her and I'm not mad at her for it. She's better and I love her. Yeah. That's the only other person I knew that was in my like immediate work home circle that had it. So, you know, she works at a different restaurant and I think people were coming in to work, maybe a little bit sick. This is like before everybody had to serve outside. And uh, it was like right around Halloween. And I hadn't seen her for like a week before that. But I guess now like they are saying it can like gestate for like eight to nine days before mm -hmm. you even show yeah. symptoms. Uh, how so. bad were the symptoms for you? you know it was like more just like a lot of sinus stuff which they don't say and that's what so was mysterious like I was sneezing like 50 times in a row what else body aches really tired I had a headache like the first day but I already get migraines so that was like something that I wouldn't be surprised but yeah I really you know I got better pretty quick I guess considering like I had a negative test within two weeks my husband took like two and a half weeks so oh, it was a long wait for both of us to go back to work because we weren't allowed to yeah. go back until the two of us tested negative. So what do you yeah. do with all that time? I made a calendar. You made a calendar. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I got that ping on my phone from the Colorado <laughs> thing and I went and got the Q-tip shoved up my nose and uh, uh, really a lot easier than I thought it would be. And yeah, it is. I think I did it probably 10 times. I've only done it the once and I feel like a hero. You're, you're the real American hero here. <laughs> My nose is permanently gorged. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I don't want to keep you too much longer. One of the fundraisers that I'm trying to promote this month is Save Our Stages. You've been in Colorado a very long time. Do you have a favorite music venue here in Colorado? Oh, man. God, it's been so long since I've been to a music venue. I know. I mean, you're wearing the high dive shirt. Gotta love the high dive, man. I've seen probably more shows there than, yes, yes. Love you guys. Um, high dive. Uh, you know, I always liked, I liked a show at the Gothic. Like, I, I enjoyed that place. Yeah, the Gothic's probably, Bluebird, Gothic, high dive are probably my three favorites. Of yeah. Well. yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I've been to the Fillmore plenty of times. That was, you know, always, like, I mean, shit. The first time I tripped acid was at. <laughs> your mom might, your parents might watch this. They know. <laughs> uh, what what makes the high dive special to you? Um, I mean, friends, obviously. You know, it's like cheers. You go in there, everybody knows your name. Um, obviously, I don't work on Broadway anymore, but you know, you could go in there and find somebody to talk to no matter what. You know, the weird layout, the funny window in the side of the stage. Yeah, wow. you, know? you could stand and watch this show from the waist down of a bunch of artists. You know, just, I mean, it is, yeah, it's just like a, kind of a home. It's like going home. I have friends, lots of friends in the music industry, obviously, in there. Yeah. I mean, I'm grateful that I can, like, I feel like art's getting a little revival. People are excited to look at art now because there's nothing else to do. And I feel a lot for my music yeah. musician friends and roadie friends. You know, during like the pandemic, a lot of breweries are having a hard time still. It's cold outside. If I love a brewery, um, 
that maybe you work at, what's the best way to help ensure that it exists once all this is over with? I would definitely buy to-go beer at the brewery. I think that's like the number one thing. And then also tip on it. I know a lot of people used to not tip on to-go beer and I completely understand that you're not getting like served and stuff, but we're still kind of making our whatever little hourly that we get and we're here, you know, doing that. I think buying merch is also good because like merch, I used to do merch for places, you know, it, they, they, you have to invest a lot up front. So to get money back on merch is always a good thing. But yeah, I mean, as far as like going outside and drinking, I would also say like, come out, bundle up, maybe only stay for one drink and tip fat. Like you don't have to stay there for four or five hours. You know, you can go and just drink like one beer quickly and you will not die from the cold. Like we have a tent, we have heaters, like it's, you're going to be okay. But the other thing is that like, if you move two feet closer to the heater, it's not going to make that much of a difference. Uh, beer nerds only the COVID times. Mm-hmm, yeah. When, when does that come out? So like I said, my print shop is a little behind because they had COVID in their shop. And so they're catching up on orders that were placed beforehand. So I dropped off last Wednesday and it's in the process of getting scanned and formatted. And then hopefully because they are local and I've been using them for so long, um, I'm hoping for hopefully by the end of this week. Nice. If people want to order the calendar, where can they go? Oh, uh, FondaElizabethArts.com. And it says pre-order. It's it's just me. It's a one-person operation. I mean, like if you order one, I will make sure that you get one. Oh, that's awesome. about it. And yeah. it's what twenty bucks? Twenty bucks, unless you want it shipped. I use USPS Priority Mail, so it'll be twenty-eight. There's two options. You can choose Denver pickup or shipping. So. Cool. I've been meaning to order one for years, and I haven't. And I apologize. I'm going to go order one as soon as we're done with this chat. Uh, anything else you want to throw out there, Fonda, before I let you go enjoy your day off? <laughs> Thank you. Um, I mean, honestly, I've been, I've been toying a little bit with this being my last calendar just because things have changed and I'm kind of running out of material. You never know, though. A year's worth of beer nerds uh, coming in saying funny stuff could change that. But if you really want to get one, this would be the year to do it. And actually, I think this one is like colors, the detail is pretty great after the last three years. So this is a, a keeper. Nice. Well, I can't yeah. wait to, I can't wait to get it. And then also like the artwork itself is still great after, after a year. So you can just cut that out of the calendar, hang it on your wall. I used to work at a frame shop. I tell people that all the time, frame calendar art, yo. Or <laughs> in my punk zine days, I would save calendars because you get really high quality art and then you could make punk flyers and stuff with it too. Maybe not but you know just ideas for people to save their calendars i have a lot of old calendars i do too i don't throw them away i just can't i might be able to use this in 10 years though (laughs) i'll wallpaper my bunker with it (laughs) i'm so glad that like my just local community supports me and like i had to tell myself earlier it's like i'm still a valid artist i make good stuff that i literally can stand behind and the people that do support me is enough. I mean, I'd love more, but it is what it is. Like, I don't want to be greedy about social media, like whatever. <laughs> Take a break. 